fellow Americans. We've got to do a better job of getting across that America is free. Every man, woman, and child had a right to a future of freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Tagline Podcast brought to you by Tag Strategies. I am one of your co-hosts today, as always, Aaron Perini, joined, as always, again, by Christian McMullen. Christian, how are you? How was your fourth? Good. It was good. Fueled, uh, fueled by the discount gas at Sheets. Made it back. Did you actually stop at a Sheets? I did. I did twice. Both every bit Up of gas back. that got me there and back was uh, was from Sheets. Three ninety nine discount. And you were very happy. It you know it worked. What, what My, gas station food did you get? Uh, I was I was pretty well behaved. I did get some snacks. Wow, well, you some are specific uh, rice krispie treats, cookie here and there. See, you are a snack aficionado. Yep. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, it's Thursday. We're finally back. This is the only episode we're going to be able to get in this week, probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, this is it. Just one. Ah, episode. Not enough to necessitate a rack. Well, we'll get you guys next week. Don't worry. It's true. Uh, do you know what that line's from? I don't know. Ah, gun. Let alone enough to necessitate a rack. I do not. Wayne's World. Oh. Uh. It's good. It's very crazy girl walks into the yep. restaurant and yeah. like hands him. He's like, I don't own a gun. Yep. Let alone enough to necessitate a rack. Yeah. Great movie. One by ear, but good movie. Great movie. Um, all right. Well, let's kick it off. Plenty of political news since the 4th of July. Uh, we hope everybody had a great 4th. God bless America. Let's get rolling. Uh, we'll kick this off with a story that we have touched on before, but it just continues. It's Groundhog Day. Uh, Fox News headline, Biden-Harris staff exodus. At least 25 key staffers have departed from senior White House roles since 2021, which is when the administration started. Uh, the most recent addition to that list is Kate Bedingfield, the White House communications director. Quite honestly, probably the worst job in D.C. is to have to be Joe Biden's communications director. Uh, but she is a long hauler for him. She worked for him when he was VP, worked on the campaign as deputy campaign manager slash communications director. Uh, but she's just one of many who are like, you know what? Peace. Yeah. Yeah, to lose a to lose a real OG like this is uh, is not not usually a, a good sign, especially when you know you're trying to convince people that things are getting going to get better. Like we're gonna you know we're gonna solve inflation, we're gonna solve all these crises. We have a solid plan. Uh, when you lose your course staff like that, it you know I think it I think it gives everybody a little pause about what the uh, viability of your your argument is. Um, also, man, the communication shop is in trouble because they clearly botched the situation. Uh, Alex Thompson, who's a reporter for Politico, uh, tweeted that he had, you know, caught wind of uh, her departure and called the White House for comment, and they asked for more time to confirm. And in that time, uh, he got scooped by the Wall Street Journal with a response from the <laughs> Biden White House and Chief of Staff Ron Klain. Um, like, just... It was clear who they wanted to give the story to, yep. right? And so sometimes you can't always tell reporters what they want to hear, right? Yep. But also, like, he's throwing a little bit of a hissy fit because he got scooped. So you know what that does? That just makes the uh, relationship between the White House and that reporter that much harder. But Politico, you got to remember, hasn't necessarily had a great relationship with this White House. Nope. Less, let, less we all forget TJ Sucklow, as some of us like to call him. 
uh, really TJ Ducklow. <laughs> that was a campaign coined nickname, I believe, but uh, who was just like a, just like a complete Twitter troll, but threatened a reporter at Politico uh, it threatened her job when she was going to write about his relationship with a different reporter. Yeah. Not a great comms team over there. Yeah. They were, uh, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those situations where you, you know, you try to be, you try to be fair with all of, you know, all the, anyone you have to deal with in that regard. And it, yeah, not, uh, I mean, not, not setting it up for, for great, uh, you know, not good comms karma, I would say. No, not good comms uh, karma. That, especially, Especially like, I understand you know giving an exclusive on a story when it's something like this. But you can like, always ignore reporters. I do it all the time. Yeah. And she uh, trick of the trade. You know they announced this on a two p.m. call. This is now two fifty that he's getting the scoop. Like, unfortunately, it wasn't that quick of a scoop, right? Yeah, like you can't control. You know, like there's leaks. there's a difference between exclusives. Like, hey, we're doing something. We're going somewhere. We're doing a trip. You know, we'll give it to this reporter versus. 500 people just found out that the white house comms director is leaving. Like it, the cat's out of the bag at that point, you got to be pretty fair to anyone who comes and asks for comment on it. I mean, truly what the, the best way to handle that for the white house, just in this Cape Bettingfield instance. And listen, people are jumping ship in huge numbers off of the Biden administration because they see the writing on the wall. It says like SS Titanic on it. Like we know what's going to happen here. People are already talking about Joe Biden shouldn't run. Uh, it's very clear. His popularity is not coming back up. He's done a terrible job. So people want out before it gets worse and they don't feel like they're going to have a soft landing spot. But what they should have done was have that call, have a reporter on embargo with the information and everything lined up on Kate Bedingfield and then said, calls over, you're good to release. But they didn't do that because they're incompetent. Yep. And that just speaks to all of the other incompetencies yeah. in this administration. Yeah, they can't handle the blocking and tackling. Good Lord. The basics, yeah. right? Like, hey, we're about to do this call. We're about to break this news. When the call is done, I will tell you, you can lift the embargo and do this. Any reporter would take that story and they would wait and they will know they won't get scooped. Stupid is as stupid does, and they didn't ask me for my opinion, but I will. But I will offer it. Yeah, they can listen to this podcast. We, we'll we got a lot of tips for them. We'll if just they have clearly they haven't been listening to now. I know that they should. They got a few to come back on. They should like put Kate Bettingfield in the info on this episode <laughs> and see if she like searches herself in podcasts and see if we can't scoop in a little advice for the Biden White House. Yeah, I mean, I doubt it, but. All right. Well, uh, nobody wants to work for Biden or Harris. What else do we have? Uh, so. Relating to that, uh, the Biden White House and you know the CDC, there was a lot of criticism a while ago about the connection and the relationship that the teachers unions had uh, when it came to setting the guidance for school reopenings. This has been kind of, I think, something we even touched on on the podcast, you know, how how close the teachers unions are. But uh, some reporting today shows, uh, brings to light that the parents, uh, parents organizations, these, you know, the advocates, the people who obviously have really had, you know, their, their children's futures on the line, uh, they got a meeting with the CDC director for about 30 minutes is the only access they really had uh, before these guidelines. Rochelle were, Walensky. Yep, Rochelle Walensky before these uh, these guidance was released. And, I mean, talk about, you know, not being able to really having a one-sided argument and, you know, not including the people who, again, this is going to affect just as much, you know, the teachers and, and the parents. And if not, you know, the parents significantly more, 
um, it really tells you how kind of tone deaf, you know, not not just the Biden White House has been, but obviously, you know, anyone anyone associated kind of in the in the federal bureaucracy at this level. Well, this speaks to a couple of things. One, Randy Weingartner is probably one of the most powerful people in the Biden administration. And she's not even in the Biden administration. She's the head of the National Teachers Union. Um, two, and we say this all the freaking time. If this had been done in the Trump administration, you say they bring in any outside group, Susan B. Anthony list, if they had gotten access to be able to have complete sway over something. If you, you think about any of the, the National Rifle Association, if they had been able to walk in and have definitive edits and say with direct access to a major official within the administration, it would be huge. But again, this is the Biden administration with the teachers union deciding how they should handle parents in the same instance where they have vilified parents and their goal has been to truly, and I don't think that they could disprove this, undermine the education system in the United States because so many children, including those who are minorities and come from lower income families were disproportionately hurt by the continued lockdowns that Randy White Gartner and co decided to pursue. So this shows to the American people, the tiniest glimpse of how powerful outside influence is on an administration that can't make a decision for itself. It's unbelievable. And it's unacceptable. Where is the outrage? Parents should care so, and I think they do care so deeply about the fact that their students went through an entire academic year where they weren't allowed to be there. And then they were forced to wear masks where we know that will hurt students and their ability to develop language, especially at younger ages um, and be able to, to speak coherently. Right. Um, you see all of these factors put together and then you find out that like, they're literally like in bed with each other. Yep. It, the Biden administration is bad what they do and what they do. And so they go to outside groups to try to help them. And instead of helping them, they just let them dictate to them. Yep. And who got hurt here? The students. Yeah. I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that the Biden White House doesn't have that much respect for parents, given what they have done and the the declarations they've kind of made about parents' rights and, you know, the terrorist calling them like terrorists and these, you know, just the, the genuine, you know, kind of weaponization of, uh, of parents who are trying to involve themselves in their children's education. But Every man. parent should be involved in their student's education. And some parents, I hey, listen, it's tough when you're a single parent. Uh, if you're working multiple jobs, it's really hard to be there for your students all the time. I can understand that life, it happens. Um, but parents care so deeply. And the fact that public school systems just seem the opposite of caring about students boggles my freaking mind. It does. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. What's next? So, um, United airlines is suspending flights to airports in Arizona and Arkansas starting this fall. Why is that Christian? Uh, well, it seems to be that, uh, turns out fuel prices are, uh, fuel prices are pretty high and air airlines are having a hard time, uh, getting staff to, to carry out the, the flights they, uh, they've booked. Yeah. Well, and so the answer Cancel them. Cancel them. Cancel them. Um, a couple of things on this one. There were tens of millions. There were millions and millions and millions of dollars that were given to the airline industry to keep them afloat, to keep pilots on payroll, to keep staff on payroll during COVID when travel was down. Uh, what happened? 
What happened to all that money that went to the airlines to keep them afloat? No accountability whatsoever. This is your government at work. Two, gas prices are high. Mm, direct result of Joe Biden's policies. And three, gas prices have started to come down nominally. I think I saw it was four seventy-five. Yeah. Um, down the street here, which is like, wow, 25 cent break a gallon here. We've seen the prices finally come down. Joe Biden's going to take credit for that, although he has done nothing to actually mitigate the issue with rising gas prices in the United States. Yep, because it's still, still Russia's fault. The fact that he gave away strategic petroleum reserve oil to other countries and not even in the United States. It's, what? I'm literally baffled that this man is so bad at his job. It's just all the time you're going, what you go oh, all right well now we're gonna have airlines canceling flights because they're not gonna be able to they're not gonna be able to turn a profit at least they're doing it early enough but like they've been canceling flights a lot lately yeah so i mean this is this is this feeds into the larger problem i mean a lot of i mean this is this is not just a united airlines problem there's been you know mass cancellations um not of routes per se but you know it doesn't really do you any good whether you whether your flight is is scheduled and doesn't take off and land or like, uh, but the, yeah, the overall, I mean, the overall thing, like you said, talking about the, how much money went to these airlines, there will be problems again in the industry. And it, it clearly shows that they just didn't address anything at a fundamental level of how, how to continue these, uh, to, to avoid these problems. If we're still having staffing issues now, after everyone's, you know, back at work, it was one thing when you had, you know, so many people opting out or, you know, the vaccine mandates that were preventing certain airline staff from working. But at this, at this point, if, if you can't find the staff, they're moving, they're removing like the, the need for a four year college education from pilots. Yep. Like they're doing, they're trying to like lower the bar to get more people into seats and it's still not enough. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't help that they had a vaccine mandate, which sidelined entire portion of the airline industry. Yep. So why did we give you money to keep people employed so you could fire them and then still put us all behind the eight ball when it comes to travel? Yep. And clearly they haven't addressed the the pilot recruitment thing or the pilot salary. Like the general, yeah, this is, and this is one of the things that I think is, is frustrating when you see all this money being tossed out is the, um, you know, it did it didn't let the free market do its job in this instance. Like the free right. would have settled this out. I mean, we've seen over and over again, you know, kind of when, when you allow things to really work themselves mm -hmm. out, oftentimes they do. And this is, this is a scenario where that obviously didn't, uh, yeah. Didn't go, I mean, the federal government right. can't be in the business of keeping it like certain companies afloat yep. and like industries alive. Like, People might not remember, they might, but like the 2008 bailout, right? Like yep. the only thing about the bailout is at least everybody paid their shit back. Yeah. There was no equivalency to that on the airline industry to my understanding in the bailout we gave them yep. for COVID relief. Now, granted, a pandemic, an economic downturn, like these things are huge catastrophic and certainly the government does need to play a role in trying to maintain things. But like the fact that nobody's raising accountability for any of this and the fact that Joe Biden's policies are continue to decimate an industry that the government fought to keep flow. It's just all contrasting all the time. We should just, you know, do the obvious thing, which is have a little bit of accountability and a bit of American energy independence. It just seems common sense. Yep. But what do I know? Just a girl. <sighs> With a podcast. Well, that's true. And a dog. <laughs> and a husband. <laughs> I have some things. Yeah. But what do I know?
Not an airline. Not an air. No, I do have a pilot in my family. Oh, wow. But he flies. Like, he's like a real airline pilot. That's pretty cool. But he does like the long haul flights. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, he's in demand. Yeah, no, he kept his job through COVID. He was like, I was just flying planes full of Pelotons. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, well, you know, you stayed employed. That's good. Yeah. All right, what do we got next? So the New York Times came out with an article uh, titled The Rise of the Far-Right Latina, referencing... Uh, Lati- it's like they spelled Latinx wrong. Yeah, really. Not using the not using the right words yeah. here. New York Times, Cancel not em. very woke. Cancel them. Cancel them. Um, but uh, yeah, referencing Congresswoman Myra Flores and two other uh, Latina candidates, Monica De La Cruz and friend of the pod, Cassie Garcia. Friend of the podcast, Cassie. Christian and I both worked with Cassie in a previous life. Yes. And she's going to be a fabulous congresswoman. Yeah, great. But this this kind of feeds into the, you know, we saw the articles about how Larry Elder is the white face of, or the black face of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. You know, just the the general. If you're a Republican, you're a racist. Yes. Yeah. Using, you know. That's the dog whistle that they're trying to flag over here. Yeah, really. This is, it is sad how every time there's sort of a new kind of, there is a new person. The immediate tie is to is to take it to the you know the most extreme, um, and it's 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 a part of it. It's a democratic. I think it's the media playing truly a democratic policy of targeting the most diverse voices in the Republican Party to make everyone seem extreme. And if they're winning, and you can't you know defeat them, then you have to kind of defame them. And that's sort of what we see when you see mm-hmm. when the DC, when the DCCC puts out the list of candidates they want to target the most, it's always your, the most diverse Republicans, at least Stefanik for years. I mean, when Mia Love was a Congress, well, like mm-hmm. anytime there is a, a prominent minority or, or a woman, young Republican, there is a genuine concerted effort between both, you know, the democratic, our democratic opponents and, the media basically to to target them and 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 eliminate the quote unquote threat and uh, I think it's I think it's just I think it's sad to see it over and over again but you know not really not really surprising. Well, yeah, nothing surprises me when they're trying to just attack attack Republicans for being Republicans because there would never be a headline that's like the rise of the far left woke woman in Democrat politics, right? Like the squad, right? Yep. Like. AOC, but they would never say that. They would never be like the far left, radical, woke, right? Like they wouldn't do that. Why? Because they like Democrats. But all of a sudden, being a Latina woman Republican makes you an aggressive far right individual because you're conservative, believe in the ideology of freedom in this country, and you're Latina. Like that's enough for them to try and bash you? Like also, good luck to this reporter because I know, we know Cassie. She's brilliant. Yep. Like, getting, a, like an actual rock star. Yeah. Like have a conversation with her, like stand and actually talk to these people and tell me that you actually think that Cassie Garcia is somehow a radical woke or not woke. That's not right. But that, that she's some radical right winger. No, she's conservative. And so now they're trying to say anybody with a conservative ideology is a far right radical, right? Like, Oh, the boogeyman of being of the right. No, forget that noise. Like, there's a bit of righteous indignation that needs to exist. And like, if I'm one of these three, I'm raising money left and right off of this story. Are you kidding me? Like yep. this is the kind of fodder that like you put straight into your can and you keep going with like 
you put it in your stump speech if you want, right? You're like, oh, hey, I'm glad to see so many people have decided to show up to see a far-right Latina woman talk about conservative values yep. and how we need a secure border and how Joe Biden's a failure and how him and Kamala Harris are the last mile of the human smuggling trafficking at our southern border and the drug trafficking. Let's yep. have that conversation. These lunatics. Yeah, never mind Reporters that. Reporters are lunatics. Never mind that Joe Biden's poll numbers are you know, tanking when it comes to Hispanic support, like yeah, ignoring, you know, ignore reality. That is what reporters do right now for Joe Biden. They ignore reality. Karine Jean-Pierre at the white house press briefing today said we have the strong, our economy is stronger than it's ever been in history. What in the Easter bunny wacky tobacco are you smoking? Yeah. No, I didn't hear a single reporter say like what version of the devil's lettuce are you guys having with some brownies over here? Cause you guys must be on hallucinogenics. If you think that you can actually stand here and with a straight face, tell me that this is the strongest economy that the, like in the history what the. And these are the same exact reporters who, when Donald Trump would say the economy is doing great and they'd be like, well, the, the stock there. market, the stock market, isn't the economy like a million of those levels. And also, of- do you remember how often they would go after Kaylee McEnany or Sarah Sanders or Sean Spicer? Are you going to be honest from the podium? Are you going to be, uh, will you vow for honesty at the podium? And they would try and rip them to shreds when Corinne Jean-Pierre just lies. Like that is a bold face demonstrably provable lie. Yeah. Crickets. Yep. Yeah. I mean, backing brought no evidence. Like again, you know, like you said, there's a million ways to, you know, a million ways to sort of spin things. And like the best, the Biden white house at this point of doing, you know, when they're trying to argue that their economy is good is like unemployment being low, but unemployment is low and the economy is still crumbling because of a massive shortage. Like there's a worker shortage. Of course, unemployment slow that has nothing to like it's just it's i mean as it's soon just as benefits run out you're going to see more people enter the market yep it's just it's just lazy it's lazy bad spin period well they but they also don't have to try no no they the, don't have to democrats don't have to try and the media doesn't care yep america god bless it but i just it, it boggles my mind the way that they vilify the right for for standing by our values versus literally lying for the podium and not caring. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and go on to our next topic, which Christian, what do we have? Yeah. So uh, great, great story (laughs) coming from the tour de France. Um, (laughs) I don't even know. Like I, this is this great was, story coming from the Tour de France. Just, you know, you uh, gotta say France because that's just. Here's the thing: the the Tour de France goes off every single year, and the only time I hear about it is when something really dumb happens. Like yeah. either there's a crash that takes out everyone, which I know is dangerous and terrible, but it's also some moron crosses into the street. Yeah, and gets exactly. Smoked by a bike. The guy who has the sign. Who yeah. Like hits, causes, oh yeah. And again, it's not funny when people get hurt, no, but it's kind no. of funny to watch the videos a little bit and like because everybody ends up okay. Yep. Yeah, it's all it's all okay. Yeah. Um and this this is <laughs> this is the trend. Uh a cyclist who was in second place at the time did not realize that he was in second place. So when he crossed the finish line, celebrated as if he had just won. And you know, it's just it's just funny to watch. There's I mean, there's probably 8 seconds between the guy crossing the line and then the guy thinking he won. Um 
it's definitely one of those. I should like tweet it out so people can go back and actually find. No, the you video. should. You um, should. But yeah. at ce underscore McMullen on Twitter. Yeah, here to help you out. You've got to. You've really. I mean, listen. Like right. Like how many times in football yep. or in any sport have you seen the touchdown celebration or like the 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 goal celebration? You know, they think they've hit a home run, and so they're starting to celebrate, and then then it doesn't happen, and then they're like, you you know, when you celebrate a win. When you win. And if you don't know that you won, maybe don't celebrate. If there's a question, like, did I? Did I just? That comes across very humble. To be like, did I just win? No, I didn't. Okay. All right. Second place. Wow, look at me. I'm number two. Right? Like, that's something to celebrate with the Tour de France. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just a stage too. So I mean, it's like one of those. Yeah, things right. He didn't win. Like, like, it's not like second place overall. Yeah, like he. It's yeah. You gotta really just gotta just gotta be a little bit more situationally aware, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's I. The photo of him with this like he's like making a motion like he's a WWE wrestler with like one of those big belts. Yep. And apparently this is hilarious. Apparently this is a I thing that happens. I feel bad for the company on his chest though. <laughs> yeah, really. Hey, I mean they're getting views no matter what. It's I think true. I don't even know what I don't know what El Pekin is, but nah, now I'm either. curious. Uh, but yeah, and apparently this is something that has happened recently and frequently in cycling. Um, yeah, guys, just I don't know. I guess they need a scoreboard or a headset. Like, I mean, in NASCAR, like right? Do they not have like an earpiece? I, maybe not. I guess not. I don't know enough about the the bicycling community and i don't i don't cycling, care they don't call it bicycling i also don't care too much to find out if we're being perfectly honest but like on the it's list true. on the list i'm of, not turning on tour de france yeah on the list of unheralded sporting events that i'm you'll catch me being interested in like watching a few minutes like i'll watch darts before i watch cycling like it's cornhole yeah absolutely i went i went i went um are you uh, you're going to tell me on the 4th of July you were watching the Cornhole Championship on ESPN? No, I was going to say, but when Deion Dawkins was playing in the Cornhole well, Championships, I watched that. He's a Buffalo like, Bill. I've watched, I've, yeah. I will watch Which a lot of bad storing events. Don't really care about the tour. You events. know there's another Bills fan in the office? I do not. Yeah. The other Aaron? Oh. In a Bills shirt today. And know. I said, you're a Bills fan? She goes, yeah. She from my boy. My boyfriend's from Rochester. Ah, and I said, okay. I'm from Rochester. Welcome to the mafia. Converting them one by yeah, one. Yeah, I know. So one by one by she one. she went to the playoff game. Oh, nice. in Buffalo. Cool. Yeah. Damn, I'm jealous. She was like, it was one degree. I had the best time. I was like, I'm sure you did. Yeah. Epic. Yep. That was a great game. Well, winners win, losers lose, and this guy is gonna live in infamy. Yep. For being. The best number two that ever number two crash while celebrating. That would have been worse. Yeah, it could have been so much worse. Yeah. All right, that's it. We did it. We got one done this week. <laughs> Checking the box. Crush it, guys. Well done. Appreciate you. Uh, join us again next week. We'll we'll be able to get two done because we'll be here. Yep. Um, but we're looking forward to it. Rate, review, subscribe. Five stars only. You know the rules. Everybody knows the rule. Five stars only. Um, join us again next. Apparently week. not everybody. I know there was one four, one four star. What a jerk. They haven't changed it too. I mean, I that's just know, right. Like, if I knew who it was, public shaming would happen. James, we'll see you. James, there was a slight head nod, yes, and now it's now it's a vehement no. Wow, Call sabotage, yes, sabotage from within the house. All right, rate, review, subscribe. Join us again next week for another episode of the Tagline Podcast, brought to you by Tag Strategies. Go get them. Goodbye. Go Bills. Go Bills.